Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, it is officially here. I'm talking about draft week. After weeks and weeks and months of speculation, it is finally here coming up this Thursday. Raiders GM Dave Ziegler met with the media on, on Friday, so you'll hear a few sound bites from him, all things draft-related. News and notes from around the league gathered over the weekend. Of course, your calls and texts to close it out. All coming up on Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, April 24th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it's available. And if you're checking us out on YouTube, we definitely appreciate you. And we definitely appreciate my man Ari doing a great job making sure we're up on YouTube each and every day. You can check him out on Twitter at Ari Produces. This episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who could take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. Let's go ahead and jump into news and notes kind of collected over the weekend. And there's been a lot of speculation about Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud and if he's a guy that the Raiders would trade up and go get, especially if Houston passes on him at number two, as many people believe that they'll pass on him at number two. Uh, he was in Vegas over the weekend. Uh, he was at the Tank Garcia fight. And, of course, he took a picture with Max Crosby and that spread like wildfire all over uh, Twitter and everything. So there's even more speculation. I had a lot of people hitting me up say, hey, I don't know when C.J. Stroud met with the Raiders, but he's still there in Vegas. That's a long visit. Well, again, he was in town for the fight, as many people were from any kind of walks of life, and that's what's going to happen in Vegas all the time. But he did take a picture with Max Crosby, so it is, like I said, floating around out there. Uh, so that's leading to many speculations about could C.J. Stroud be a guy that the Raiders are looking to make a move for if Houston does not pick him at number two, like many of us believe that he won't. Well, there's also the S2 cognition test. Uh, the results from the 2023 uh, quarterback class are out. And it's crazy because I talked to my guy, Aaron Wilson, who covers uh, the Texans there in Houston. Talked to him a couple weeks ago about Anthony Richardson and the fact that he did really good on the S2 test. And he said, yeah, there were some guys like Bryce Young that scored really high. Uh, Anthony Richardson did well. There was guys who didn't do really well. And he's like, but I'm not going to put their scores out there because I just think it's a disrespect to them. Well, of course, in the draft process, those scores come out anyway. So at some point, uh, it hit the it hit Twitter. And uh, I saw it on late on Friday, as a matter of fact. Uh, I believe Bob McGinn is the one who put it out, but the scores go like this. Bryce Young got a 98%. Jake Hayner of Fresno State, 96%. Will Levis of Kentucky, 93%. Jaron Hall, 93%. Clayton Toon, 84%. Anthony Richardson, 79%. Hendon Hooker, 46%. And then C.J. Stroud, 18%. So had a few people hit me up and say, hey, do you think the Raiders will make a move for C.J. Stroud after seeing these test results? Well, and it was funny because my answer was, I don't even know how much the team pays attention to those S2 tests. It's kind of like the Wonderlick test, uh, but it's just a different, it's a different measurement. It's a different analytical uh, breakdown. But uh, it's funny because uh, Vinny Bonsignor, he actually asked Dave Ziegler about the S2 scores and if they pay attention to that on Friday when we met with, uh, with the GM. So here's Dave Ziegler on the S2 scores. Um, yeah, in, in terms of the um, S2 cognition test, we're familiar with it. It's not something that we you know, currently utilize here. We use a lot of different 
you know, other available tools for us, evaluating quarterbacks and other positions, different psychological tests, things of that nature that, that you know, that we um, that we value. Um, so I don't have I know um, some, you know, what what it is and, and some of the value of it. But, you know, like I said, not something that we currently have in place here. So as you can see right there, uh, that's not something that the Raiders use in their in their breakdowns of these uh, draft prospects. They don't worry about the S2 test. He said he knows about the S2 test. He knows what they are, you know, what they're supposed to, to cover and what they're supposed to tell you, but they don't use it in their system as of right now. So uh, there you go. I guess that answers the question if the Raiders are paying attention to it. And again, I don't take a whole lot from it. If the guy could play football, the guy could play football. I never took a lot of, into the Wonderlick test. Not really worried about the S2 test, but I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting. Bryce Young is at 98% and CJ Stroud at 18%. So that's obviously a huge, huge difference. Also around the league on Friday, the NFL suspended players for gambling. And the only reason I bring this up is because this is something that all these players are going to have to uh, pay attention to, right? I mean, gambling is so easy for anyone to do. Like, I'm in Las Vegas, and I don't hardly ever gamble, right? But you can gamble any time you want, right? And you can bet on games at any time you want. And there's apps that you can bet on games. I mean, there's so many different ways to do it. You know, FanDuel, DraftKings, all, all those different uh, outlets that are out there. And I don't know which outlet these guys were using, but uh, we remember uh, last year when Calvin Ridley from the Falcons, he got suspended for a whole year. Now he's with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, on Friday, the NFL suspended five players uh, for six games and a couple for the season or suspended a couple indefinitely and then a couple for six games and indefinitely just means that they have to re um, or apply for reinstatement once their suspension is over. But uh, it was a couple guys from the Detroit Lions, uh, Quintez Cephas, uh, CJ Moore and Shaka Tony of the Washington Commanders suspended indefinitely uh, through the, at least the conclusion of the 2023 season for betting on NFL games. And they weren't betting on their own games, but Apparently, at least that's what the report was, but they were still betting, placing bets on those games. And then also uh, Stanley Berryhill and Jamison Williams of the Lions are suspended for the team's first six games of the 2023 season. And the reason that this is really kind of a big deal is because of Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams, remember him? He was a big-time wide receiver out of Alabama as a high draft pick just a year ago. Didn't get to play because of uh, injury, but he was going to be expected to be a big-time player for the Lions. So all of a sudden, he's going to be out for the first six games. So how does that change their draft strategy now? Remember, they're picking at number six right before the Raiders. I'm assuming that they're going to go defense. But now with Jamison Williams out, maybe they're looking for a big-time wide receiver there, right? Maybe that changes their draft strategy. It's funny. I was trying to hit up a couple guys covering the Lions on Friday. Uh, just to ask them a couple questions about that and then also just what they thought about the the Lions, what they're going to do in the first round of the draft because they have a couple draft picks. I couldn't get a hold of anybody that covers the Detroit Lions just because all uh, this news had broke out and all of a sudden that was a major, major deal. So I uh, found that to be pretty interesting. But, uh, man, uh, that, that, that's going to be something that all these players, no matter what, play, what team you play for, where your team is located, everyone's going to have to pay attention to it. It is so easy to bet on games now, uh, and I don't know why. I was actually joking about this at my buddy's house on Saturday night. I was like, I don't know why these guys even bet at all on their, you know, their sales. Like, just give the money to someone else. Uh, you know, have someone else make the bets for you and, and just roll with it like that. I, I don't even know why they bother with that because they know the NFL is going to be paying attention. They know they're going to find out uh, if they're betting, where they're betting from. Like, they're not allowed to place bets while they're at the facility, while they're in the parking lot, uh, while they're on the team plane, while they're, uh, you know, in a team hotel. I mean, they have to literally be super far away from the team. So why even take the chance, right? I don't, I don't have any idea why they don't just let someone else make the bets for them, but that's just me, <laughs> right? So maybe it's, it's, maybe it's, it's not as easy as it sounds uh, like I'm trying to make it, but 
uh, yeah, that's that's going to be something that's going to have to be paid attention to because that's you're going to start to see more and more of that. I thought that after Calvin Ridley last year, more guys would make sure that they don't do that, but it seems like that that is not the case. So that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Just a little bit of news and notes. It's kind of quiet. There is a little bit of scuttlebutt about a potential Derrick Henry trade from the Titans to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I don't know if that's real or not. That's something that I'll pay attention to. I saw some people like Pro Football Talk, uh, Mike Florio and company, shoot that rumor down and said, no, that that's not real. That's not really happening. But we do know the Tennessee Titans and the Philadelphia Eagles have made draft day trades before. A year ago, they made the trade with A.J. Brown. So could they potentially move on from Derrick Henry and trade him to the Eagles? Possibly. It was something I saw, I believe, on Saturday I noticed it. So just something to pay attention to as the draft unfolds on Thursday. If anything's going to come from it, I'm sure we won't hear about it until actual the draft day. And maybe when the Eagles are on the clock at number 10, maybe that's a, a move that they make. Or maybe when the Titans are on the clock at number 11. I don't know. But it's just something to pay attention to and just know it is a little rumor and a report that's out there floating that Derrick Henry is going to be traded from the, the Tennessee Titans to the Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll sit, wait and see about that. But I, what I do know... Coming up in segment number two, I got GM Dave Ziegler. Uh, he met with the media on Friday, about 30 good minutes of uh, just draft conversation with him. Uh, you'll hear some of the sound bites. I got enough sound bites really for a couple days, so you'll just hear a handful of sound bites coming up in uh, segment number two, just really talking about the process and talking about the offensive side of things when it comes to the quarterback position. That'll be what we do on today's show. That's coming up in segment number two after I tell you about today's sponsor, and that is BetterHelp. And if you've ever experience anything in life that kind of threw you for a loop. And I'm sure you have because we all have, right? You just don't know. Life does not come with an instruction manual. Uh, you just all of a sudden have to roll with the punches. And believe me, sometimes it punches and sometimes it really punches and punches hard. And sometimes you just need a little bit of help. And that's where better help could come in to play. If you've uh, ever thought about therapy, this is what you really should do. You should give better help a try. It's, it's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and you'll get matched up with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. So instead of having to worry about going into a facility or going into an office building or whatever the case may be, everything can be done right at home. So all you got to do is check out BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com slash locked on. You'll get 10% off your first month. Again, go to BetterHelp.com to check that out if you've ever, ever thought about uh, trying therapy, you need to give better help a try again. Better H E L P dot com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to just do a few little breakdowns here from Raiders GM Dave Ziegler. He met with the media on Friday. That's the mandatory uh, meeting where all the GMs across the league have to meet with the media. So they did theirs uh, availability on Friday. Good 30 minutes. Thought it was some really good stuff. So really going to kind of break it in, in two, break it in half here. Just talk all things, uh, the process, where the Raiders are in the process, and kind of really focus in on the quarterback position because we know at some point the Raiders are going to get a quarterback, I do believe, in this draft, even though they do have Jimmy G. So let's go ahead and jump right into it and start off with just about the process, as I mentioned. Where is the team right now as far as the process goes? Here's Raiders GM Dave Ziegler. I'm still working. Yep. And we'll work up until the day of the draft. And so I wouldn't say it's a, um, a, an over, it's not necessarily a paralysis, paralysis by analysis type of thing. It's not, hey, let's watch four more games 
on this specific player. It's more at this point, we, we have the board in some pockets and there's some groups of players at different parts of the board. So it might be, hey, let's look at, let's take a look at, um, you know, these three players or these four players, um, dive back into it. Let's look at the, maybe these specific traits that we're looking for that we maybe had a difference of opinion on and those types of things. So it's more of a, I'd say a quality control check in a focused manner at this point, rather than just kind of like, hey, let's watch all six games again type of thing. That's not really where we're at at this point. So we're getting closer, but we'll, we'll keep kind of putting in some work here all the way up until, um, you know, we're ready to go on Thursday. So I'll tell you, from being in the room with him, man, he had his game face on, right? I mean, he was having a good time, but he was he was ready. You could tell that he's ready and kind of itching to get, get to Thursday, get this thing started. And last year, not having his first and second round picks, obviously that changed what he was able to do in the draft. But this time, having as many picks as he does, having 12 as of right now, I mean, he's really got an opportunity to put his thumbprint on this team and turn things around. So as you heard him say, they're going to be working all the way up to Thursday. Uh, it's, it's really close to being done. They've got almost everything done, but they're working all the way up till Thursday. So we talk about it on the show quite a bit and just in draft conversations in general, right? We always talk about best player available, best player available in position to need, or if you're a team that needs a quarterback, you got to go and make the move to go get a quarterback. But what is Dave Ziegler's philosophy when it comes to drafting players? Here's Dave talking about that. You know, we talked about it last year. We're focused on taking the best player available. I think, um, you know, where our roster's at, you know, and, and our want to improve competition at every position, and um, that leaves us open to that. Now, I would also say, and I would caveat that by saying when you talk about best available player, um, best available player, there's a lot of different things that encompass that. It's not just tape. And so it's the best fit for the Raiders. Um, and, and there's different things that go into that, whether it's, you know, the football intelligence piece, um, football character. There's different things that go into that what, that makes that player the best available player for each individual organization. I think that sometimes can get lost. And so that's what it means for us, uh, the best available player that's the best player for the Raiders organization and fits what we're looking for. And um, we're going to keep, we're going to stay true to that process and stay open to that. So I like the best player available conversation from Dave, but I also like the kind of little caveat that he put with it, right? I like the fact that he said, but with that being said, you know, take it to another level. So I think it kind of helps break it down just a little bit more for what they're looking for. So I, we brought this example up on the show many times. I mean, there very well easily could be like Bijan Robinson could be the best player available at the time that they go up to pick at number seven, but is not really something that would, you know, fit with what the Raiders want to do right now. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it just, it makes sense. I like how he broke it down and just kind of said, uh, you know, for the best player available for what the Raiders want to do. And I don't think that the Raiders want to go in a direction of a running back when they have, well, of course, Josh Jacobs on the franchise tag. And then they have a couple of running backs that they drafted last year. Uh, running back is not something they need, even though a guy like B. John Robinson is so stinking good and could be such a weapon. I'm so interested to see who drafts him on Thursday because someone's going to take him on Thursday. I just don't know if it's going to be early or if it's going to be later in round one, but somebody will pick, be picking up a heck of a player in running back B. John Robinson. So what's the priority? You know, without coming out and saying, okay, this is going to be the player that we're trying to target at number seven, what is the priority? Here's Dave Ziegler talking about the priority for the Raiders at number seven. I think the priority is, is finding one, someone that's going to have an impact. You know, you want to find a starting level player at that spot. There, there's no doubt about that. And, and I think along with that, you want to find a player um, that fits um, one, um, hopefully fits a need that you have. 
right? I mean, you're going, we're going to look at the best available players, but we also have a lot of places on this team where we can add competition and we can add play, people that can help our roster. Um, and we want to find a player that fits our, what we look for in a Raiders player. We want to find someone that has a passion for football. We want to find someone that, um, you know, is, is someone that um, has some upside, that has some explosiveness to their game, um, that, that, can, that can impact the game in a positive way. And that's going to fit our organization, I'd say, and have a positive impact on the organization as a person too. Um, so those are some of the things that, you know, we'll be dialed in on. So I love that answer. And the reason I do is because it leaves it open for so many different different options, right? I mean, it's not like it's just, okay, it's got to be an impact player that's going to play immediately, right? Someone hit me up on Friday when I was on my radio show, Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920, and said, well, there goes, uh, there goes the, the Raiders getting a quarterback at number seven like you, you, know, you think that there could be a chance of because he said that he wants an immediate starter. Well, he didn't say he wanted an immediate starter. Right. He said he wanted someone that has that that could be an impact player and a starter. But he didn't say it has to be immediately. He did not say it has to be day one. Like a lot of times you'll hear things, but you won't really hear things unless you really lock in. So if you go back and listen to what he said, he didn't necessarily say it has to be an impact player, impact starter right now. It just has to be someone who they believe is going to be an impact player, impact starter. That, that means that they could be yeah a guy on defense that could start day one and be that guy or. It could be a quarterback if one fell to their lap and they liked him, they went with him, then he could be a big-time player maybe a year from now, right? But it leaves all the options open, and there's going to be different options, and that's something we've been talking about here on the show quite a bit. So I actually asked him the question. You're going to hear my question as well just so you can see or hear how I worded it about the different possibilities, that how they shake out in the mock drafts because we can do – we can go through a mock draft and do it about 1,500 times, and it'll come out 1,500 different ways, right? Or we can go on the what, Pro Football Focus mock draft simulator and go through it, and I guarantee it never plays out the same way. And that's, that's you know basically what happens in these mock drafts, and I've learned that a lot this year doing multiple drafts from the Locked On mock draft to the, um, to the mock draft on uh, ESPN on Fitz and Harry to doing the own, my own mock draft on my radio show, Unnecessary Roughness. You know, it's funny. I haven't got through the whole first round yet, but Devin Witherspoon hasn't even been taken yet, and I'm already got through 20, 20 teams, <laughs> right? Gone through 20 picks, and Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois still has not been selected. So here's my question and Dave Ziegler's answer about the different possibilities that could arise. Uh, check it out. What's the process like? Because uh, we all do the mock drafts, and we all have different opinions, and you know it always plays out differently. How many times do you guys run through it, like just a, a tri trial run, just to see how it shakes out? And well, if this happens, then this is how we can react. Who have you selected? Many different players. Yeah, <laughs> Many. Uh, um, yeah. That's a kind of it's it's in, when we're you know when we're going through our draft meetings. Um, you know, we just finished up about fifteen straight days of draft meetings. Those conversations are fluid. As you're kind of, you're going through the board, you're going through different positions. You're looking back at the the order of the draft and and how things will fall from a strategic standpoint. And so, it's it's I wouldn't say it's a, a, as much for us as like. We're going to structure this one day and we're going to work through a mock process. Some people do that. Ours is really fluid. Um, I just came down from a conversation in that regard. And so it happens as you're going through the board and you're going through the positions and you start to look at the board, I'd say from a horizontal nature, you start to have those, those things start to pop up organically. And you have a lot of those conversations. So it's funny. I don't know if you heard him right there. He said, who did you pick? And I didn't, I just said many different players, but uh, at the end, when it was all said and done and all the cameras were off and everything, I did tell him, well, in one mock draft, I had Anthony Richardson who fell in my lap, so I just took him. And then another one, I had Devin Witherspoon. And he kind of gave me the, you know, 
good, 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 whatever. You're like, oh, those are good players or whatever. I mean, he's not, obviously not going to tell me like, yep, that's what we'd do. He's never going to do that. Uh, but that's why, I, that's why I didn't give him the answer of what I, what I, who I selected uh, right there during the middle of the, the media session because any kind of reaction would have been like, oh, he didn't like that guy or oh, he did like that guy. Or so, so there was no, I wasn't going to even go there. But, um, you know, I, I, I like the fact that he said that they've already, you know, worked through a bunch of different scenarios. And then, of course, they'll have uh, some scenarios that they'll work through the day of. Uh, got a couple more for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. And this is diving into the Jimmy G effect, right? What is the effect of Jimmy G on the roster? Does that lessen the priority to take a quarterback early? Here's Dave Ziegler. Not necessarily. Um, I think that, you know, anytime you can find a young player at that position that's going to have an impact on your team, you have to keep an open mind to that. Of course, we're excited to have Jimmy and having Jimmy um, does supply us with a, a very high quality starting player at the position. And so um, we feel comfortable with that. But I think to close that door, you know, and just say that that's not something you would do because of X, Y, and Z. Um, that, that's not the business that we're in. So again, going back to the, everything is on the table. There's nobody that's, there's no position that's like, well, they're going to ignore that, right? They're not going to address that position uh, at, at number seven overall, even if it's a quarterback because they have Jimmy G. We all know that Jimmy G is going to be a stopgap guy at best. He's not going to be a four or five year starter for the silver and black. I mean, he'll, he'll probably be a one to two year guy at, at both. So I think Deshaun Reed asked him, I'm not 100% sure, but asked him if he would feel comfortable taking a quarterback early and having to have him sit a year. Yeah, I do. Um, and, and I think it goes back just to the value of the position. And, 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 um, and I think, and so I think that's important. I think, you know, doing your due diligence on all those guys is important too. Um, uh, and, and I don't know, um, obviously we're in a position where uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks. At the beginning of this process, you could say, hey, you don't know how it's going to fall. You know, there's four or five, six guys that we're going to do work on and, you know, that could fall to us or, or, or be there at seven. And so um, we did our due diligence because of that. But, yeah, but I also think, yeah, the value of that position and having a young guy, um, you know, that can, that can come in and play and contribute We've seen where those contracts have gone on quarterbacks, too. So there's obviously an advantage of having, you know, someone on a rookie, uh, a quarterback on a rookie uh, contract in terms of roster construction and those types of things. And so, like I mentioned at the beginning, I think just closing that door, I think, is irresponsible to do that. So he's talking about the quarterback, talking about having them sit and talking about how valuable a quarterback on the rookie contract is. That's something to really pay attention to because these contracts, as we're seeing, Jalen Hurts just got paid. Lamar Jackson wants to get paid. Joe Burrow's going to get paid. Justin Herbert's going to get paid. I mean, all these guys are going to get paid. So it is very valuable to have a quarterback on a rookie deal. And it's funny, as good as Russell Wilson is, when he won, he was on a rookie deal. Oh, after he got paid, they never won. Right. And so who knows what's going to happen in Denver with him having that big fat contract. But uh, those quarterbacks on a rookie deal are very, very valuable, which is, again, uh, the, the big mistake that I thought that Philadelphia made when they went and got Jalen Hurts. They should have got him in the first round instead of the second round. So they could at least got that fifth year option on him and had another another year of, of him. And that's what I think is going to end up happening with Hendon Hooker. I think he's going to end up going in the first round just because a team rather get that fifth year option on him. Finally, the last soundbite I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, uh, GM Dave Ziegler, his media session that he had on Friday with us at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center was if he'd be open to having a quarterback competition. Like if they were to get an Anthony Richardson or a CJ Stroud or whoever, would they be open to having that competition even though they gave the, the money to Jimmy G to be the, the, the starting quarterback for at least the next year, maybe even two? Would it, be, would it be something that they would, you know, 
be open to coming to training camp, all of a sudden having a, a competition between the two guys where the rookie might beat him out, similar to what Derek Carr did when he, uh, when he was drafted in 2014 and beat out Matt Schaub in that fourth preseason game. Yeah, I think we're open to having competition at, at the quarterback position and every other position on the roster. I think that we're never going to close the door on that. Just philosophically, the way that um, Josh and I believe that we're going to build this roster is um, we're going to any any opportunity um, that we have a chance to improve the competition. And if that means it's at the quarterback position and there's a competition there, we think that brings out the best of our players. And, and so I think that that's why we wouldn't close the door on um, I talked about some of the different reasons we wouldn't close the door on that specific position, um, but I don't think we'd ever look at it, you know, necessarily and say, "Hey, just because this one player is here at this position, that we have to cancel ourselves out of, you know, drafting another high-level player at, at, at any position on the roster." So there you go. There's a uh, there's GM Dave Ziegler talking about he would be open to a quarterback competition, and that's really probably the only way it should be. And I mean that's really probably the only thing he's going to say. I still think that Jimmy G will be the day one starter, uh, whoever they end up getting in the draft. But it would be good to see a competition, a nice healthy competition. It makes you stay on on your A game. So even if they don't really plan on having a quarterback competition, uh, if they at least, at least pass that message along, then. You know, it makes Jimmy G be at the top of his game. It makes the rookie be at the top of the game. Competition is best for everybody. If anyone feels like that they're irreplaceable or, you know, there's there's nothing that can be done at that position, then that's when they start to slack off. So uh, I'm, I'm okay with the open competition. Again, I believe Jimmy G will be the starter, starter uh, day one. But you never know. What if, you know, one of those quarterbacks that they really covet, one of the quarterbacks that they were going to trade up to number one to go get, like a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young, somehow fall into their lap? Maybe that changes the changes the dynamic. But if it's Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, Hendon Hooker, you know, Jake Hayner, Clayton Toon, any of those guys, I definitely believe Jimmy G will be the starter day one. But that's what I got for you. A little bit of offensive side of things when it came to J- Dave Ziegler's uh, uh, media session that he had with us on Friday. Coming up tomorrow, we'll do a little bit of the defensive side of things. He has some good things to say about cornerbacks and the traits that he's looking for in cornerbacks. And I asked him a question about production versus, uh, uh, you know, like projections. Uh, I thought that was a really good answer. So we'll get on the defensive side of things coming up tomorrow. But coming up in segment number three, we'll get to your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That comes up next here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts. We have that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with a text from Southern Indiana Raider. And I can't remember if I got to this text on Friday or not, so I'm just going to run it back just in case. I don't want to miss it. I thought it was a pretty good one. He said, hey, Q, Southern Indiana Raider here. I was listening to the pod this morning and hearing what you were saying about the different ways that this draft could go. I believe this team could be a great spot for Richardson. He could sit and learn behind Garoppolo for a year or two if needed, eventually take the have to take a shot at the franchise quarterback. There's a couple of really good, great ones on other teams in their division. Defense must improve or it's time to just accept years and years of ineptitude. That's from Southern Indiana Raider. And I agree. I think that's why it'd be a great spot for Anthony Richardson to fall. If, if he were to end up falling, look, there's a good chance that he'll be gone by pick number four, right? I'm not saying that he's going to be there, but I think if one of those scenarios plays out the way I've been saying, like if he happens to be there at seven, I think the Raiders will have a big decision on their hands. I had someone hit me up and say, I'm trying to sell Anthony Richardson like a used car salesman. Like I really, really am pounding the table for him. I'm not. I'm, all I'm actually doing is saying if the scenario arises like it did on the Fitz and Harry mock draft, well, all of a sudden I'm sitting there and it was, wow. Anthony Richardson, Christian Gonzalez, Will Levis. I have the option of all those guys. I could have gone Christian Gonzalez, which was corner, but it just felt like, man, that quarterback, I, I just, 
I had to, I had to take the shot. It might have been the wrong move, right? He, he might end up being a bad quarterback when it's all said and done. I don't know. But, man, if it falls in your lap like that, sometimes you got to take the chance. That's why I did it. I'm not saying that that's how it's going to happen at all. Most likely, none of those quarterbacks. Most likely, the Raiders won't even have to worry about a, de- a decision on the quarterback at number seven because they'll probably already all be gone, <laughs> right? There's a good chance Bryce Young will go one. There's a good chance, even though everyone's saying out of Houston that, that they're going to pass on Stroud, I still think there's a good chance he goes number two. Uh, easily, I could see the Colts taking Anthony Richardson or even making a, a move at Will Levis. I mean, those those guys can all be gone by the time the Raiders get on the clock at number seven. So it all could be for nothing, but it's just one of the scenarios that you have to think about because anything can shake out uh, depending on you know depending on how the board falls and who makes a move. Who's going to make a trade? Is someone going to trade with the Cardinals? Very easily could do that as well. So uh, I can't wait till Thursday to get here so it can answer the questions for us that we've just been wondering what it's going to look like. Up next, I got a call from Sucker Free Raider. He's calling to talk about the mock draft that I was a part of with the part, part of with the Locked On Podcast Network, and he thought about what I did. Here he is, Sucker Free Raider. Hey, what's up, Q? Sucker Free Raider. I uh, just got done listening to all the, uh, the uh, NFL mock drafts that you guys did on uh, Locked On NFL. I thought it was kind of dope. Uh, Congratulations on the move you made and, you know, the, the pick you made, too. That was, I thought that was cool. Um, the whole time I was listening to it, though, I couldn't help but uh, wonder, like, kept thinking about what happened last year with, with y'all when you did the uh, picks. And I um, thought it would be a really dope idea to, uh, you know, maybe next year uh, have an episode before that that actually recaps, you know what I mean, see see which, which picks you guys made that actually came true, uh, see who was way off, see what players – that you did pick, uh, you know, what they did that year, you know, that, that'd be kind of cool, like an episode that uh, kind of recaps everything, you know what I'm saying? But anyways, man, the real deal's coming Thursday, so we'll see. All right, go Raiders. Thanks so much for the call, my man. I appreciate you. I thought I did pretty good. Uh, I did have a listener over the weekend, it was pretty funny, that hit me up, and he was very angry. <laughs> I mean, literally, like, very angry. I think he sent me, like, four or five tweets about how angry he was uh, that I didn't demand more from the Eagles. I thought I did pretty well. And it's funny, when I responded to him on Twitter, I said, look, I moved back. I got a third-round pick. Well, actually, when I went back and looked at it, I didn't get a third-round pick. I got a second-round pick. So I ended up moving back from 7 to 10, which is only three spots, um, and I ended up with the number 62 pick, and that's, that's in round two. So that gives the Raiders six picks in their first 109. And I got a 2024 fourth rounder, and I only moved back three spots. So I thought, and I still got a hell of a player in Devin Witherspoon. So I thought I did pretty good, but my man was irate. He was like, you could never turn around the team. You're a terrible NFL GM, and I had fun with it. I was like, you're right. I, I will definitely never play the role of an NFL GM again. I'm definitely sorry for, for that. I mean, I had a lot of fun with it going back and forth with him, but he was like angry that I didn't demand this or I didn't demand that. So maybe I didn't demand enough, but I thought I did all right. But my guy did not believe I did. He was hot. Man, how could you do this, Q? You are a disgrace. (laughs) I mean, he basically let me know. I let the whole fan base down. I was like, dang, it's only a mock draft. I didn't know it was that serious, but apparently it was. Another reason I'll be glad when Thursday hits, because then we could talk about what the Raiders did instead of what maybe I would do or what you would do uh, if you had the opportunity. So, uh, thank you so much for that uh, that call. I do appreciate you. Next up, I got a text from Refrigerator. It says, yo, Q, you mentioned that you thought you made a mistake in the lockdown mock draft, but I think trading back and landing Witherspoon was a great move. In retrospect, would you what would you have done differently? That's from Refrigerator. And really, the only mistake that I made, in my opinion, not according to the tweeter who hit me up and said I was a terrible GM, uh, <laughs> but the mistake that I made is the Tennessee Titans at 11 were trying to trade up to number 10 
to go and get offensive linemen. And because we were talking too much in the green room, or that's what we were calling it. It was a big Zoom call that we were on. But we were talking back and forth. I kind of let it. I kind of let it be known who I was going to take. So he was confident that he didn't have to trade up to number ten. So that was the mistake I made. I could have got. Uh, I could have traded back to number eleven and got another pick, and still ended up with Witherspoon because he didn't want him. He wanted offensive lineman. But so that was really the only mistake I made. But again, according to the guy that was tweeting at me, uh, I made all kind of bad mistakes. So <laughs> there's that. But thank you so much for the text, my man. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a call from Army Raider. He's calling to talk about C.J. Stroud and the reason why he doesn't think the Raiders need to make a move on him. And then he brings up that S2 test that I was talking about in segment number one. Here he is, Army Raider. What's up, Q? It's your boy, Army Raider. I know more and more people are saying that, you know, the Texans might pass on Stroud and that the Raiders should move up to get him. And I just don't think so after, you know, just having seen him a couple times live. Uh, against Michigan the past two years, and also, you know, what I saw put out about him this past week. And it, it just shows why you stay away from Ohio State quarterbacks and why none have ever succeeded in the NFL. On the cognition test that tests, you know, decision-making, uh, what was that test called? The S2 cognition test that is processing and decision-making C.J. Stroud scored at 18%, which was by far the lowest. The second lowest of this year was Hendon Hooker at 46%. Bryce Young, for example, was at 98%. Hell, even Anthony Richardson right there at 79%. This is the problem with the Ohio State offense in transitioning to the NFL and why it's great receivers and bad quarterbacks. They just don't know how to process. They don't know how to go from progression to progression. You know, it's well established that from Urban Meyer to Ryan Day, you're one, maybe two reads and ball out. It's a one-read offense. It's not what breeds NFL quarterbacks. Add in the fact that Josh McDaniels has a notoriously difficult system to pick up and – that lets you know, I think C.J. Stroud would end up being a bust, personally, just like all the other Ohio State quarterbacks. And I know every time one is coming out, everyone's like, oh, he's going to be different, he's going to be different. But then you see test results like this. You know, seeing how he's done in some of the bigger games outside of Georgia, yeah, where they're leaving his first read open, um, I just don't think he could take that risk after seeing that cognition. I just don't. It's crazy. Anyways, love to hear your thoughts on this. Army Raider out. Thank you so much for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And, yeah, I don't take a lot from the S2 test, right? And Dave Ziegler, you heard in segment number one, it's talking about uh, they don't even use it. So I don't really think it's a big deal. I think that C.J. Stroud is going to be good, but I understand what your concern is when it comes to Ohio State quarterbacks. That stigma is going to still be there, right? He's super accurate. He's athletic enough. I know he doesn't use it. His athleticism a whole lot. I get that, but the dude is super accurate. Um, he's smart. Uh, he's a guy that can, you know, figure out football, uh, plays football at a high level, obviously always has, uh, I think he's going to be good. But again, you brought up the Ohio state quarterback conversation and the jury's still out on Justin Fields. There's no answer on him yet. So, um, you know, I couldn't say that you're wrong based off of what you're talking about, because it, it does feel like right that there's a, you know, there's a thing when it comes to Ohio state quarterbacks and them translating to the NFL. So I appreciate the call, my man. We'll see what the Raiders do. On uh, on Thursday, uh, I like I said, I think C.J. Stroud is going to be good, 
But again, that's just me. That's just, you know, that's just my gut feeling. That's just what I'm rolling with. So thank you for the call. It's good to hear from you. Next up, got a text from Tadris in New Jersey. So what up, Q? Tadris from New Jersey. Question for you. People talking about Hopkins wanting out of Arizona and if the Raiders would be a landing spot. How would that look to you? Two alpha dogs. Would Adams like that? Or would they be like Rice and Brown in the early 2000s? Rich Gannon, Jimmy G. Jerry Rice, Devontae Adams. Tim Brown, D-Hop. Charlie Goner, Josh Jacobs. I don't know. Thanks for all you do, Q. You may not be able to say Mel Kuyper Jr. the way you want, but you could always say our Go Raiders. That's from Tadris in New Jersey. Thank you for the text, my man. I appreciate you. And I think the offense would be amazing, right? I think it would be amazing if they had D-Hop. And the, really, the only way I see that happening, and I do, there is a small scenario where I see that happening, and that, that's if the Raiders trade up to number three with Arizona. Like, if they're already involved in the mix, I could see them making a trade and probably sending Hunter Renfro to Arizona and getting uh, D-Hop back and then also the pick and, you know, swapping some picks. Like, I could see I could see that happening and being part of the whole scenario. Um, but that's that's really the only way I could see it. But, yeah, as far as the offense goes, I mean, man, the offense would be amazing. Now, again, I've said it so many times that the defense has got to be better and improved, so the Raiders do need to make sure that they address that side of the ball. But with that kind of offense, Jimmy G, Devontae Adams, uh, Hopkins, Jacobs, as you mentioned, you know, there's obviously they've got other guys as well. Uh, I mean, they, they – it could be a, a nasty, nasty offense, but they gotta, you know, they gotta figure out what they what they want to do. And like I said, the only way I see D Hop ended up on the Raiders is if somehow they get involved with a, a trade with the Cardinals and they send Hunter Renfro to Arizona and get D Hop back, and then they work out the the trade as far as the draft picks as well. That's the only way I can see that happening. But that's just me. Thanks for the text. I do appreciate you. Got time for one more call? We'll take it from Logan from PA. He's calling to ask a quarterback question for Thursday as far as what I'd rather happen. It's a really good question uh, from Logan. Here he is, Logan in PA. Q, this is Logan from PA. I just got finished listening to Friday's pod, and you were talking about Anthony Richardson and Hendon Hooker, and uh, I have a, a conundrum for you. So what would you rather have happen on draft day? Would you rather the Raiders, assuming all these things are available, trade up to two or three to get C.J. Stroud and give up future draft picks? Would you rather them stay at seven and draft Anthony Richardson? Or would you rather have them trade back and acquire draft picks to, say, maybe 17 through 19 and draft Hendon Hooker? So would you rather give up draft picks to get C.J., give up nothing and get AR-15, or be able to move back and get Hooker? Thanks, Q. Keep it up, buddy. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And it is a really, really good question. You can trade up and go get C.J. Stroud. You can stay right there where you are and get Anthony Richardson. Or you could trade back and end up picking up Hendon Hooker. I personally, I think that I would just stay at seven and get Anthony Richardson and then give the rest of their draft to be able to address the defense, offensive line, tight end, whatever they, you know, whatever they feel like they need to do and still have those, those draft picks. I think trading back is a little... Is a little dangerous only because you still don't know if you're going to get Hendon Hooker. He might be gone. Someone else might, you know, go and make the move for him. And trading up, then you're giving up draft capital. So that's the one thing. And that's the whole reason why I went with Anthony Richardson when I did the, the, uh, the, the Fitz and Harry mock draft was because I didn't have to trade up. All I did is just sit right there, and he happened to end up there at number seven. That's why I thought it made the most sense. If he's there, you got some you got some something to think about, right? You got some decisions you got to make. That's how I look at it. But again, 
That's just me. So uh, that's a really good question. Matter of fact, I'm going to use this call uh, on my radio show later on this afternoon, and I'm opposed to, to put it out there to Raider Nation and see what they would do. I think it's a really good question, Logan. So thanks so much, man. You made the big time. You made the radio show too. <laughs> no, just kidding. But uh, I do appreciate you, and I am going to use that call later on this afternoon. But that's how I'm rolling. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna stay at 7 and pick Anthony Richardson. That'll be my call. We'll see what happens, and if I get some really good responses, maybe we'll put it on the show tomorrow as well. So, matter of fact, that's going to end it for today's show. Logan closes us out on a high note. We do appreciate that. Uh, coming up tomorrow, I got some more texts and calls to get to. A text from HK in the 559. We'll get to him. I uh, got a couple other calls to get to as well. Plus, we'll hear some more from Raiders GM Dave Ziegler. More news and notes, and uh, we'll be one day closer to the NFL draft. And matter of fact, on Tuesday, uh, I'll be in Kansas City. I'll be in Kansas City from Tuesday all the way through Saturday. So, uh, yeah, everything draft-related uh, here on out. It is almost here. It is almost here. It is almost the finish line. I can see it, <laughs> and it's, it's exciting. And we're going to all of a sudden be talking about the new era of Raider players, depending on who Dave Ziegler and Joshua Daniels go and get in this upcoming draft. And until tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.